0: Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Yesterday, we had a wonderful service of memory for Beverly Purdy. She was a wonderful saint, a sister in the Lord, and she's gone to be with Jesus. But her, her last wishes that she often expressed to a number of people were, uh, were certainly fulfilled yesterday as God moved at that memorial service and a number of hands raised indicating folks had received Christ. But in the course of the message... I talked about this and I said Beverly would want you to be able to walk out of here and say now I know for sure that I'm going to see Beverly again in heaven. I know that for sure because that individual has made it right. Well, several people said that to me, people close to her, and praise God for that. Now I know I'll see Beverly Purdy in heaven, and they testified of it, and that if that listen, Tom, if that's not a public profession of faith, I don't know what it is. Amen. I know I'm going to see Beverly. They're convinced Beverly is there. I know she's there. And thank God for the good results yesterday. And always around here. Every piece of literature goes out, has the plan of salvation. All those tracks, those smile tracks. Praise God for the smile tracks. I've, uh, I've thought about it. And I'm so glad that God spoke to my wife. Now, sometimes God speaks directly to you. And sometimes He uses someone. And frequently, He speaks to me through my wife. And... Um, We were talking about how years ago we had seen a a smiley face track of a certain variety uh, produced by some people out of Fort Worth, Texas, and they had all died or gotten old and they shut the operation down, and and people wondered where it went, and then some other people started doing their own producing of a track that was similar, and and, uh, my wife said to me, you know, I think that would be a good thing, and I prayed about it, and God confirmed that, and so we wrote this revised track, and it rarely, if ever, gets refused. I've had a few refused, Tom, in my life. That's it. But, but not, not many. And um, praise God for all the folks we've seen bow their head and receive Jesus Christ as Savior. Get yourself some tracts and let's pass them out and let's just fill up Jerusalem, so to speak. Amen. Let's turn the world right side up for Jesus. Amen. I want you to stop at the bookstore today. And uh, we don't have a bookstore so we can make money because we don't. Uh, let me explain that. We sell everything at cost or lower if we can. And uh, we do have uh, in there a number of different items that will be helpful and a blessing. And when the little ones visit, uh, Aunt Gwendolyn takes special care, just ignores the rest of us older folks. No, she doesn't. She loves those little kids, all the little, all the little honorary grandchildren. And they come in and praise God for the good The good service. But anyway, we have in there, uh, you know, the end of October, the world observes Halloween. We don't observe it as a holiday as a church because of its druidic, demonic origins. But we believe in turning it around for Jesus. If you're going to stay home that night on the 31st of Halloween and whenever the kids come around, you've got a choice. You can turn on all the lights and hope they don't do terrible things to your property. Or you can turn on the lights, have something sweet, and then have some tracks and we have some of those Halloween themed tracks that lead them to Jesus. If you'll stop in there while they last, there's a limited amount, right? So it's first come, first serve, right? Okay. So when we let out today after the final amen and victory in Jesus, you go straight for the bookstore and get some of those Halloween tracks. Now we have some handouts for that, which we'll talk about in just a minute. And you're going to get one of those to remind you to go by and get your tracks, okay? Also, I'm showing you this. This is not going to be distributed for two weeks, but on the 8th of October, we officially begin our emphasis at the, uh, at the Central Baptist Church for World Missions and uh, want you to get your form. There's a top and a bottom. It separates. There's no place for your name because it's between you and God. And you pray about how much more, how much increase God would have you to give this year on a regular basis. And so you pray about that. And put the one portion in the offering envelope, excuse me, in the offering plate when it's passed, anytime between uh, Sunday the 8th and Sunday the 29th. And we will compute uh, how many additional uh, missionaries we can take on for support. So that's going to be happening. There will be things about missions that will be mentioned today and next week. But officially, we start this on the 8th of October. I hope that you will be part of that. Speaking about giving, thank you so much for your regular giving and your missions giving and your Nehemiah Fund giving, which is the extra giving for projects around here. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Now, we also have been blessed with the Acts and Facts, and this is next month. Next Sunday is October 1st, so we'd like to have it in your hand. And so we have two items that are going to be passed right now. We're going to pass the uh, Halloween reminder to get your tracks, okay? and uh, uh, let's uh, turn it around for Jesus, and then the acts and facts, and one to each and every person, please, and uh, you'll be glad that you got that information because you'll be able to refer back to it and you won't be saying, what was that he said? You'll get it all figured out. I appreciate also all that goes up on the screen. Uh, Prior to the service, you can read about things like our IT involvement and how our platforms are growing. My, it's growing by leaps and bounds. I check this morning, and once again, additional viewers. Praise God for each one, and very, very thankful. We're um, also praising God for the results from our Phil America campaign. And uh, we broke a number of records. Thank you for your participation. You did a good job passing out those tracks and putting those door. Uh, hangers uh, on the doors of the many, many places. A couple thousand of those. Praise God. And how many of you have been praying uh, when you get the prayer chains? Raise your hands. All right. Now, how many of you are aware of, on a personal level, that God answers those prayers? Raise your hands. Up. Look at all the hands. Amen. One of the most powerful things, if not the most powerful thing, in uh, the 21 years, sweetie, that we've been here is that that business about the prayer and the prayer uh, answers that come because God hears and answers prayer. And if you're, if you're not on Gwendolyn's uh, uh, list, she's got, uh, she's got a little devotional that goes out and you'll enjoy that. And some of those have hit uh, many, 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 many viewers and many views and you can be part of that as well as our everyday devotional that we have from the shepherd to the sheep. I mentioned I'm going to sing a song, paint... Uh, preach the paint off the walls, paint the paint the preach off the walls, preach the paint off the walls, have dyslexic, dyslexic speech. All right, so uh, going to do that a little bit later on. Thank you so much, men, for passing uh, those out. That's very, very good. Um, on your bulletin, you've noticed a beautiful autumn picture. Thank you, Dane, for that bulletin. Good job. And inside, many wonderful things. And you that are viewing online, would you just scroll down to where the where the right place is to tap, and tap that place, and you'll get a digital copy of this beautiful bulletin with those autumn leaves on there. God is in control of the changing seasons, just as He is in control over the circumstances of our life. He is our compassionate and capable God. Amen. Let's trust Him. I like that message. Amen. You know, we don't just want to be casual Christians. Uh, we want to be consecrated Christians. And anything that is consecrated in the Bible is anointed and set apart for special service. And that's you. We know that God cares about us, but did you know that He cared so much as to give us a special designation? We are, like in the Old Testament, His nation is Covenant people, Israel, were as the apple of the eye. The apple of the eye is the center center part of your eye, and you can't see without it. It's absolutely essential. God is saying that just as the apple of the eye is essential to seeing, those who are believers are essential to Him. You are loved, you you are kept, you are secure, you're provided for, you'll be guided, you'll be directed. When we think about what we have in our relationship in and through Jesus Christ, it is so wonderful. The changing weather reminds us that, sure, circumstances might change. But we know the one who is the God over all of those. I have calendars to what's coming up. We're finishing out September, going to October, November, and December. All of those special days coming up. We've got the care and share dinner that's the saturday before Thanksgiving as a church family we get together and have a wonderful time and then we have all of our Christmas time activities we're going to have Christmas concert with caroling and cookies over at fellowship house oh we love that wonderful glorious time that's on Friday night the 8th of December and we're cranking up uh, getting the choir all rehearsed up and kids hopefully singing as well for our uh, choir uh, and the uh, kids and all those that are involved in our uh, Christmas musical. Be Sunday morning. The let's see, would that be the seventeenth? The seventeenth of December. And I'm glad you can mark that on your calendar and don't miss it. You do not want to miss that. Well, Amen. Uh, take your Bibles today and let's turn to the scripture, which is on the front of your bulletin. It's in the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon when he was an old man. We know that the Song of Solomon was written by Solomon when he was a young man. It's about about marriage. It's about uh, the the Lord who is our bridegroom, and we are the bride. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful uh, passage of Scripture. All of it's inspired. And uh, so he wrote that. He wrote uh, uh, in the Psalms as well. And uh, so we, we, have, uh, we have him writing Proverbs and Song of Solomon when he was young. We have him writing a, a psalm. We have him writing Ecclesiastes when he's older. When we think about that, that covers all the basic uh, times of our life, the seasons of our life. And Solomon knew whereof he spoke. When he wrote Ecclesiastes, he wrote uh, what he observed under the sun so in other words he was observing like any any wise man any human would observe and then he lays it down as people would observe and lays the inspired truth alongside of it so ecclesiastes at times you you see he's lived a long time and he didn't find any satisfaction in this that or the other the only place you find lasting satisfaction my friends is in the lord jesus christ and in god's perfect will for your life so Uh, You say today as you walk out, preacher, I'm going to have that lasting satisfaction. I'm going to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm going to draw upon those divine resources. Yes, I'm going to experience that. So under the sun, that's what that references. That's what that means. When he wrote in Ecclesiastes, and uh, in Ecclesiastes and chapter number 3, Ecclesiastes Chapter number 3, verse 1 says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Now don't think about the folk rock song that that, that used those words. I mean, uh, the world is going to borrow anything that they think they can use that's a hook. And, uh, you know, this is sacred scripture. This is recorded for us. I believe every word of the Bible is inspired and preserved. And so we've got it there. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, time to plant, time to pluck up that which is planted, and so on. all the way uh, through verse 11, God, He hath made everything beautiful in His time. Now look this way. That doesn't mean that God is limited by time. He's not limited by time or space because God is a spirit and they that worship Him worship Him in spirit and in truth. If you believe that, say amen. amen. That means our worship isn't just a, a certain time of minutes in a, a morning service when we play a certain kind of music and, uh, and everybody during that time kind of gets ethereal and uh, we worship like it's a feeling. No. That's not it. Worship is our lifestyle. In fact, the word worship that's used over there in Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3 that I just taught on, in Exodus chapter 3, it says that they worshipped. And that's the same Hebrew word for work. They worked, they worshipped. They didn't have a false dualism by which they saw a certain designated time as worship, but rather worship is all the time. Worship is what we are doing when we are in the will of God, whether at home or at work or at play or wherever we are, and we are serving the Lord uh, and uh, we're giving Him our all and we're doing it in gladness. And that's the whole picture, that's the large screen version. I hope you're getting that. He hath made everything beautiful in His time. He's referring to when it comes around, when it comes to fruition, when whatever it is that God is working with, whoever He is working with, He's going to bring it around and when it gets done, He stands back like He did in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, and He looked upon what He made and He said, it's good, it's very good. And when God sees you and He sees me come to fruition in His perfect will, when we yield ourselves to Him, He stands back and He says, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Aren't you glad we serve a God who looks upon us when we come to full fruition and says, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. That's it. It all fits in God's plan. Come on now. Come on. Uh, I'm going I'm to wake the sleepers up today, all right? Amen. You say, the preacher's job is to comfort the afflicted. I've long believed it's to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. Amen? Amen. There you have it. So, he has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to then. You and I will never know everything there is to know. But from the Bible, we will find out everything we need to know. Sister Bonnie, I don't mean to be personal, but in what you've gone through with your physical situation, she took a fall on the Metro and was injured and still walks with a cane. All right, but you're doing real good, Bonnie. God bless you. Amen. Amen. And And Roger Sr. has been through some major surgery for cancer. And is going through adjustment. But God is answering prayer, isn't He? Every day. You heard it right there. How many of you could testify with your uplifted hand? Every day God is answering prayers. Every day He'll supply your need according to His riches and glory. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God can, God will, and God is doing for us what glorifies Him. As we yield ourselves to Him, this is what we want. The passing of time and the seasons in which we find ourselves. And I'm glad it rained today. You know why? Because it helps me to bring the message today that God has laid on my heart. Today we're bringing a message entitled, A Season and a Purpose. A Season and a Purpose. Now, we we need to rest in the Lord. We need to wait on the Lord. I've seen that how many dozen times in Scripture. Rest in the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Wait on the Lord. That does not mean be lazy or inactive. What that means is, God's got a season. God's got a purpose, now He's not limited by time and space, but we are creatures of time and space. We have a physical body, we are made up of three parts, we're a little trinity, did you know that? We're a little trinity, we we wrote that song for our five o'clock hour kids and taught that song and performed that song, I'm a little trinity. And that's what we are. We are a walking, breathing illustration of the triunity of God. We know God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we are spirit, soul, and body. And those three parts covered in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 are what we are made of. Everybody looking this way. Everybody listening now. Everybody getting this. Don't miss what I'm going to say to you next. This is so important. The really deep things, that's in the spirit. The spirit. That's how God talks to us through His Word. That's how we talk to Him in prayer. The Spirit, that's spiritual. And the Holy Spirit, who is God, comes to indwell our spirit when we get saved. And He'll never leave you nor forsake you. So you say, who's that talking inside of me? I'll tell you who it is. If you've asked Jesus in your heart, that's the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, God Himself. He's speaking in your heart. Well, amen. Well, what's your soul then? Well, the soul refers to the immaterial part of us when it's used in a general way. In a specific way, spirit and soul can be divided. The Word of God does that. Because the soulishness is more about the emotion, more about the personality. The spirit is the part that you uh, communicate with God and God with you. And the Word of God will divide like a sharp two-edged sword between the two, so that when you're making your choices in life, And you're deciding the really important things, relationships, decisions that will affect you, impact you and others. Why? The Word of God divides it so you don't, as a believer, make a soulish decision when you ought to be making a spiritual decision. Can I get an amen? Amen. Want to be in the Word. Get in the Word of God until the Word of God gets into you. We have a song in our hymnal written by Patch the Pirate who has recently gone to be with the Lord. God makes no mistakes. God makes no mistakes. He's, he's working on you, he's working on me. I'm I'm glad we got a little rain, a little liquid rain out there. Uh, yesterday was the first day of autumn. And there were exactly, if you were standing at the very middle of, of, uh, of your time zone, there are 12 hours uh, of daylight, 12 hours of night. So if you were right there at the the very middle, sun came up at 6, went down at 6. Only only happens twice in the year. And uh, it'll happen again uh, in the spring. But uh, just exactly uh, 12 hours, 6 to 6. And the seasons in our text, the seasons help us to understand that things do change. There are circumstances. Our chir- chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. I'm glad that my Bible says that. I'm, I'm glad that the Bible says, I'm not here about me. I'm not here to satisfy myself, but I am satisfied with a cottage billow but I'm not here for that purpose. I'm here to glorify God. I'm here to fulfill His purpose. I'm here to do the will of God. I know why I'm here today. We're the only ones that know the answers to the questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? You know, where did I come from? Those are questions that are addressed and answered in the Word of God. God doesn't make mistakes. He tells us about this thing of time which passes. And I want us to look at that as also one of our text passages today. Turn to Psalm 90. It is the Psalm of uh, Moses. And it says in verse number 1, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. So our place of dwelling is a spiritual location. It's in the Lord. That's it. We're to abide in Christ. And if we abide in Christ and Christ abides in us according to John chapter 15. Why We're going to have answers to prayer. We're going to have the joy of the Lord filling us up where our, our joy may be running a little low. And uh, we're, going to, we're going to have fruit. We're going to be fruit bearers who bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and that our fruit should remain. And when you think about that, that's the productive life. That's what God intended for us. That's our purpose in being here and that is to be a fruit-bearing, fruitful believer. Before the mountains were brought forth, Moses says, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting thou art God. Now, the word everlasting is a very special word. And the underlying Hebrew of our text, the word everlasting is a word that means disappearing into the mist. Disappearing into the mist. That's it. I can't wrap my brain around that. How about you? It's impossible for me to totally conceive of everlasting. But Jesus Christ came down in the form of a man, a sinless baby that grew up to be a man, and we could see Him. Those that were with Him realized that God was coming to identify with man. Are you getting that? And because God went to the effort to identify with us through Jesus Christ who came and took our place and died on the cross, we shouldn't get hung up on those points, those questions that are a little sticky because we don't happen to have enough brain capacity to wrap it around those kinds of principles such as the everlastingness or the eternality of God. Disappearing into the mist is good enough for me as a human being. As somebody who knows Jesus, Jesus is enough for me when it comes to things that I don't totally get. Faith has nothing to do with our logically comprehending everything about something so magnificent as God and His great plan for us. Faith has to do with our receiving Him who's got it all covered. And that's what I say. I don't get that. I don't get that, but I've got Him and He's got me. Glory to God. I'm so glad I don't have to worry about all the finer points and the sub-points because He is everything I need. And then it says in verse number 3, Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, Return ye children of men for a thousand years in thy sight, are but as yesterday when it has passed, and as a watch in the night. Boom, just like that. Disappears. Do you know that it's like a vapor that's here for a moment, vanisheth away? That's what James says. And then it says in verse 5 For thou carriest them away as with a flood, there as they sleep in the morning, they are like grass which groweth up in the morning, it flourisheth, and groweth up in the evening, it is cut down and withereth. And and it goes on and it talks about uh, the fact that God deals with our sin. Thank God for redemption, thank God for forgiveness. And then it says in verse 12, So teach us to what? Number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. We need to start young. Verse 14, Oh, satisfy us early, early in our life, early every day. Oh, satisfy us early, early on in your project, early. All right? In the beginning, God, that principle Satisfy us early with thy mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us. So even in the rough times, even in the hard times, here's what we've got. We've got a a wonderful promise from the Lord that no matter what, no matter what's in the season, God's got it under control. I didn't know it, but I want to give you... Proper notice on this. Our marquee goes right along with this message. And Brother Tyler, he gets credit where credit is due. He puts those out here. You know, in all the 21 years that we've been here as your pastor, I've only ever had one guy complain about the marquee. And so at, at a point, was it a year or two ago, thought it was safe to turn loose and let, let uh, some younger blood Uh, Take over. And that marquee has been going on strong. Brother Tyler puts it up and it gets some good attention. Let's give him a hand. Amen. Amen. All right. And so out here it says, God's season is open. Bright red open 24 7. And I know what he's referring to. God's available. You can reach God through the Lord Jesus Christ. You can pray and he'll hear your prayers. Oh, I know what you're asking right now. Who complained about? The sign. Years ago when I was putting up the sign, a guy called and he said, you know, it seems like you're putting things up that are just real provocative. Now that's a big $10 word, $20 word maybe for some. That means it provokes a response. doesn't mean bad or good, but he was using it like that should be more like bland what? Oatmeal, porridge, whatever. I like oatmeal. I like porridge. But uh, that should be just bled, like wallpaper paste. You know, it should be like nothing out there. Not provocative. And, and I said, Sir, uh, thank you. And he said, What? I said, I said, Thank you. First of all, the Bible says in everything give thanks. So I want to thank you for your phone call today. I want to thank you for saying that sometimes it's provocative. Because, you know, there's a woman who works behind the counter, not more than a half mile from here and she said early on she would, as she drove by from home to work, she would look and see what that message was. She was encouraged, she was challenged, she was whatever you want to say, provoked, whatever by it. And she said, can't wait to see what's going to go up next time and next time and next time and next time. I said, she's not the only one and sir, it's supposed to provoke. My Bible says I'm supposed to provoke others to good works. And if that is what's been accomplished, then praise God. Well, out there right now, you can see it as you go by, it says God's season is open. God's season is open. In addition to the Scripture that we have read from the front cover about to everything there is a season, a purpose, to everything a purpose under the heaven. There are so many other scriptures about seasons. And as we pull this all together, I want you to understand that just like when you season, that word is used in a different way, when you season something. Now, my wife seasons things perfectly. It is rare when I have to add anything to it. And, And I love the food that she prepares and she seasons. But the seasoning is designed to bring out Uh, the the benefits of what I'm eating, whatever it tastes, however it tastes. And that's what the seasoning is for. And the seasons should bring out uh, the best that God has provided for each of us as we develop and we grow in His grace. And as we serve Him together, the best should come out. The circumstances come and the circumstances go, but God is the same. And God gives His grace for us to get that circumstance, to get that problem cared for, to get that difficulty behind us. And after we've gone through it, for all you that have prayed, Lord, take this circumstance away. Take this difficulty away. You know what? Going through that circumstance, He, prom- he promised me His grace. And He gave me His grace. And guess what? He didn't take it away. He gave me strength for the burden. He gave me the wherewithal to get through and to testify to somebody else like God brought us through that loss. God brought us through that difficulty. God brought us through that pain. And He can bring you through as well. That's what it means to have God's grace. Don't always pray that that thing will be taken from you. Sometimes it's there to make us better so that we've been seasoned. And that's what I am. I'm a seasoned citizen. Hopefully that means I'm better than I was. Amen. Amen. Just looking for a little Somebody say amen. Come on. Amen. All right. Praise God for all the meanings of seasons. We know back in Genesis chapter 8 that God established, well, He reestablished, He reaffirmed the seasons, when they came out of the ark. Can you imagine that scene? How many of you have been to Sight and Sound and you've seen uh, Noah? You've seen that one, all right? Just think about what it was like for them to come out after 400 plus days. Been rained upon 40 days and 40 nights. Everything outside the ark that couldn't swim died. That meant a lot of things died. And they came out to a new reconfigured earth, because things had moved. Now we've got tall mountains, and and now we've got deep caverns, and we've got the depths of the sea, and things are a little different. The configuration is a little different. They come out on dry land. They're on uh, the mountains of Ararat. And in chapter 8, chapter 8 of Genesis, verse 20, And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. You say, how did he do that? Well, he had two of each that were not for sacrifice, but he had seven of the others. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground more for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I... Against might anymore, everything living as I have done, while the earth remaineth, here it is seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? God's got it all covered. He's got it all taken care of. He originally, at creation, Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, separated the night from the day. But here he reestablishes whatever happened at the flood. And there are those that believe that's when the earth tilted on its axis, and so many of the things have happened. But uh, praise God, after the flood, that was the case. We see in Psalm 104, verse 19, uh, additional information about the rain and the clouds and the cycle of water that goes uh, up in evaporation, comes to the clouds, comes down in rainfall or other precipitation in Isaiah 55. And that is an illustration, the cycle, the order of God. That is an illustration of God's Word that falls like the dew in the rain and, and uh, will not return void. Amen. Amen. So we, we thank God for everything in what... The world would call call nature, but it's actually creation, and it illustrates truth. We understand that to be the case. In the the psalm about the blessed man, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate. That's like a cow chewing on her cud doth he meditate day and night? And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit, what? In his season. That means in that proper time. Dr. Wally Beebe explained it to me. I'm a third generation preacher, but I came up uh, learning some things along the way. Dr. Beebe, who was a a dear friend and sort of a mentor in many ways. I learned all about bus ministry from him. Praise God. I got the conviction that I will absolutely never, ever, ever give up on the bus ministry, and praise God for all precious souls that are saved, people who are are helped through that great ministry, but Dr. Beebe said, he said this, he said, in your season, you're responsible for what you do, where you do it, when you do it. Now, it may be that someday you'll be dead and gone, when that's the case, there'll be those that will remember, he being dead yet speaketh, but the next person who stands in that position of responsibility is then responsible for the decisions and choices and the trends and the direction that the ministry takes. And and I understand that. I am now standing on the broad shoulders of those who have gone before me. And praise God, I have the privilege. And I know when that torch was handed to me, it was handed to me not to change everything, but to continue on in the faith. Amen. And one day when this torch is passed to continue on in the faith, and when that torch is passed to continue on in the faith, and when that torch is passed to continue on in the faith until Jesus comes back. Amen. That's God's plan. That's His program. He wants us to be fruitful. He wants us not to be faint and weary and, and, and not to, to faint, but in due season to reap if we faint not. We're told... In 2 Timothy chapter 4, to preach the Word, to be instant in season and out of season. Uh, to, to reprove, to rebuke, to do all the things that the Scripture does as we preach it faithfully. In season, out of season. In other words, when it's convenient, when it's not convenient. There it is. We're told in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 21 that it's God who changes the season. Now, we know we know that He changed The first month of the year in the Old Testament because of the Passover in Exodus chapter 12. We know that. We also know that further on in Daniel's prophecy, he speaks about the Antichrist who will come and will try to change the times and so forth. And it's not up to man. It's not up to us. To change things. It's up to God to change things. It's up to us to glorify God. Your job and mine is to believe God, to trust Him, to follow Him, and allow Him to work through us. It's not up to us to change people. Only God can change people. Now, I know prayer changes things, we say. Most often prayer changes people. But whether things change or not. But that's not my job. It's not my job to to give a, a, a rough approach to people and and try to force them to do something that they can only do from the heart. God changes people. When it comes to prophecy, I just mentioned prophecy in passing, Jesus stood on a mountain, he's with his disciples, and he says, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons. He says, you're not going to know every detail of prophecy. We expect Jesus to come soon and suddenly and surprisingly. And... But you know what? A lot of folks, they're spending all their time trying to figure out the details instead of occupying till He comes. We need to be busy about that. That's it. Jesus said there are certain indicators. You can tell when summer is nigh, He said. Uh, Solomon said the winter is past. So seasons can be four seasons on the calendar. Or if you're talking about... If you're talking about... Uh, uh, what we used to call um, uh, Indian summer—I I mean that only the best way. My wife has Native American blood, so uh, Indian summer was a warm stretch when you think it's supposed to be colder at the at you know as you're moving into the fall. And uh, so there may be five or six seasons, and you might get them all in one day in Virginia. You never know. But uh, it's all based on the sun and the Earth. By the way, I'm telling all of you out there that are flat Earthers, just shut it down because ha. Huh, We revolve around the sun in this solar system and not the other way around. But every 365 and a quarter days we make one full turn around that and about 24 hours to spin around. And uh, so we're revolving and spinning as we go around the earth. And we have four seasons and those four seasons, as you know, spring, summer, winter, uh, autumn and winter, and we have just started autumn. Uh, We talk about seasons like uh, athletic seasons and it used to be easy when i was in high school 100 years ago they would have three athletic seasons and if you wanted to play ball in the summer you could play baseball or whatever but that's it so occasionally you would have guys that in a year would would letter in three three sports not usually four five six because there, there weren't enough now You need a computer to figure out what's going on in professional sports especially because you've got all these overlapping seasons. And you don't just have fall football, you've got spring ball. And you don't just have this and that, you've got men's and women's and you've got all these different things and it's confusing. And when they start letting pros go to amateur contests and when they changed everything over, I said, that's it, I'm shutting it down. Now, it's supposed to be a game. G-A-M-E. Does that mean fun to anybody? supposed to be about fun. It's supposed to be about exercise. not supposed to be about, let's see, I'm still in college or university and going to make $10 million next year legally. And you wonder, let's see, isn't he supposed to go to classes? Yes, I think he's supposed to go to classes too. I'm not sure what those classes are. But here, here's what I say. Sports seasons is a referral to a length of time in which that contest takes place. And I think about the seasons of, of our activity and our service for the Lord of Lords, and sometimes it's like an athletic contest, and I understand that. But it's a, it's a period of time. Either it's allotted or it's protracted. Uh, you might be going through a season of prayer, a season of, of fasting and searching for the Lord's will. Uh, and it could be allotted. It could be, I'm going to fast for 40 days. It could be, it could be a, like a protracted evangelistic meeting. They used to have those. While the evangelist would go out in the early part of the 20th century and he'd begin to preach and he'd say, I'll be through when God is through. And he would preach and then he would preach some more and he preached some more and he preached some more and the protracted meeting would go on for weeks if not longer. How many of you remember those days? Protracted meetings. Man, oh man, oh man. We we can hardly come out for a special meeting. Season. Season. Not only like a season of prayer, not only like a season of fasting, a season of football, baseball, or whatever. We come to autumn, it means the end of something. Summer's over on the calendar the beginning of something else. And as, as we continue on, it is with faith in God, because I don't know about tomorrow, but I know He holds my hand. fellow said, listen, the wind is rising, the air is wild with leaves. We've had our summer evenings now for October Eves. What is it? It is a time for reflection. Put it down. Number two, it is a time for resolution. You don't just make resolutions around New Year's. Whenever we come to a point in time which is so dramatic as passing from one season to the next, it's time for us to resolve by God's grace to do better, to yield more, to surrender to Him. And it's a time for repair. It's never too late for us to turn ourselves over to God. It's never too late as long as you're breathing to ask Jesus Christ into your life as Savior. And you need to. You need to do it today. You don't know that you have tomorrow. It's never too late if you're breathing to say, Lord, you can have all of me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. It's never too late. We need to start living by faith. And it is never a good time to quit living by faith and living a godly way. As long as we're breathing, we ought to walk by faith and not by sight. We ought to do more than just talk it. We need to walk it. You say, well, I, I walk by faith. All right. If you walk by faith, let me explain explain it to you. This means total reliance. If you're walking by faith, to walk, let me show you right here on camera. Here it is. To walk means, I mean, we don't think about it, but you've got to lift a foot and temporarily lose your balance until you place it down. Isn't that right? Any of you that have difficulty with balance? Now, I've got to lift my foot, temporarily lose my balance, and regain it, right? If you don't do that, you're going down. That's what it means to walk. It means to to lose that, to reassess that, even though it may be subconscious. And and that walking, that rhythm of walking, walking by faith means every single day. Look this way. Every single day we are totally reliant upon the Lord. Not partial, not occasional, but absolutely. Absolutely and totally dependent, reliant upon Lord the Lord, we talk about the seasons and the purposes of God, we must be totally reliant upon Him, we must depend upon Him, you say well I've got a job and I'm I'm, uh, responsible for bringing in the paycheck and I'm responsible for my share of the bills or taking care of whatever, and that's good, there's nothing wrong with human beings standing up and demonstrating the character of being a responsible individual. But when it comes down to it, where it actually, where the rubber meets the road, it all comes down to this. You have to rely on the Lord. No matter what happens, Job said, though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. He says, I know in my flesh I'll see God. He believed in the resurrection way back in Old Testament times. We talk about Christmas coming. We talk about Thanksgiving. Tis the season we say. We talk about the seasons of life. The phases that we go through. Each one, Jesus needs to be Lord of our life. Amen and amen. You might be going through seasons of the soul and yet keep this in mind. God's working on you. He's working on me. We need to allow Him to mold us and to make us and not fight back and not be a disobedient uh, creature of His, allow Him to mold us and make us and bring us through whatever He's bringing us through. And then, in the end, stand up and quote with aged Solomon: "God hath made everything beautiful in His time." If you're looking in the mirror and one of your family members come by and they hear you say, "Just as you're looking in the mirror, I'm beautiful," uh, they won't know. What you mean, but you can say, I'm not proud, but I am confident in what the Lord is doing in my life. I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I used to be. Amen. Amen. I'm not not what I ought to be. I'm not what I used to be. But God's still working on me. You can't change it, God can change it. You can't fix it, but God can fix it. Just like the seasons. The leaves begin to fall. And you say, oh, I love spring much better. We're going to have spring in our house. So you go out and you buy all the artificial green leaves you can buy. And you glue them up there on the tree. And then it still looks pretty desperately nasty. And so what you do is you get yourself a paint gun. And you paint it all bright green. And make sure it's forest green. But it's all bright green. You say, oh, look how green. No, it's not. That's phony. That's artificial. You can't imitate summer. You say, oh, man, we'll turn the heat on. And uh, we will, we'll get the sun lamps out. We'll just be blinding. And we'll have some." No, you won't. No, you won't. Get yourself maybe an artificial sunburn. But that's it. Uh, we'll simulate autumn. Uh, we'll... we'll, uh, we'll Turn all the green bushes brown. Why? Well, well, I'll, get, I'll get some... Be careful now. I'll get some Roundup, some Weed Killer, and I'll just spray all the bushes. Yeah, you'll turn them brown, but they won't look like autumn. Beautiful autumn leaves. They'll just look like the dead. That's all. That's it. See, I know it. I can do it. I can make it look like winter. Where? Where? The desert? How are you going to make it look like winter? You're going to make it snow? You're going to create those nice snowy, Days when it's so cold and you go outside and it's crisp. Now, I only do this for a second, Virginia. I go outside and I'll say, it's winter. And then I run back inside. I was born and raised in California. So, you know, when I do when and get back. But you can see your breath because it's so cold. You can't simulate that. You might walk into the walk-in freezer, but you can't be there very long. Man, don't let them close the door on you. No, sir. God controls the changes, the circumstances of our life. When things are unpleasant or things are different, I don't like things different, I like things the same. Do you? Well, then you're with most of the population of 8 billion souls on this earth. And they don't know how to take the changes of the seasons of their life or the seasons that they're experiencing in their circumstances. But they need to find the one, the only one who can change things, the only one who's got us under control and got the situation under His perfect will and His perfect control. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? You need to come to Him by faith right now. You need to let Him have total control. Let's surrender. Heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking. And how many of you today would say, Preacher, that message today was for me. Raise your hand up high. That message was for me. How how many of you would say, Preacher, this is going to help me to realize my responsibility, and my reliance upon the Lord. Put your hand up high. Come on. My responsibility and reliance on the Lord. Amen and amen. I'm so glad today we could have this message, but if you don't know Jesus Christ, then right now where you're seated, will you call upon the name of the Lord and just ask Jesus in. Just pray something like this. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die.
1: sleep it's got to go like the prophets of old you've got to be bold you've got to break up fallow around before you sow Talk, preach the pain of the wall preacher wake those slumbering listeners make them hear that heavenly call from heaven's open windows make Bible fires fall preach the pain of the wall the wall, preach the pain off the wall.